All right, we're back after an extended break. Welcome to the Fig Cave Fantasy Football Podcast. Your boy just got back from vacation. Greg, I think, is headed on vacation soon, so we're sneaking an episode in here. I'm here in the Jimmy's Famous Seafood Studios. I'm the hot take kid, Phil Gentile. I'm joined by the uh, former co-worker, current friend, Greg Angel. What's up, dude? How you doing, sir? The tan's looking good. Oh, thank you. Tan all over, too. Top to bottom. <laughs> top to bottom. Uh, don't prove it. Don't <laughs> no, prove yes. it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the one bad thing about Zoom. Um, <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, we did the AFC running backs by you know by team. We just kind of went down the list, to, looked at every stable, uh, every committee, every you know standout guy, and we'll go into more rankings and such. You know, sleepers, bus, all that kind of stuff. You know, in the next couple weeks. Uh, but this, we just wanted to go team by team, look at some, uh, look at some uh, some teams and and some situations that we might have to come in contact with during the draft, Greg. Uh, before we get into each team, how when you were looking at the NFC versus the AFC, we kind of talked about it before we went on air. There are some some situations in this conference that you kind of want to stay away from. There's a lot of teams with a lot of depth. Seems to just you know people are stacking up as many running backs as they can. There are a few stars for sure, but there are definitely some big handcuffs in each, a ton of these teams. So, you know, a few few guys you can always rely on in the running back position, but then there's just a lot of ifs. For sure. For sure. Uh, we are sponsored by our friends at Full Tilt Brewing. Uh, I have been meaning to stop by there and pick up some beers. I will do that this weekend. And our friends, obviously, at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. You see Jimmy's Famous Seafood just signed a deal. With the Ravens, they're going to be selling Jimmy's Famous Seafood in M&T Bank Stadium this season. Incredible. They've done an incredible job marketing themselves and building up quite a name for themselves, not only locally but nationally. So sure. you love to see that. Uh, so we're, I think we're going to do this every single week because as, mm-hmm. as we go on here, Greg, there's going to be more and more news at the top of the show we want to get into that might not pertain to what we're talking about, but let's get into it. Uh, I broke this news to you. Uh, Mr. Howard Eskin, who is a beat reporter, does the local radio up in Philadelphia, said there's a 90% chance he believes that Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Eagles. Let's just role play this thing. I mean, this is, we've talked about it before, I, you know, a MVP caliber quarterback in the prime of his career is dealing with some stuff off the field. But if he gets traded to the Eagles, I mean, Number one, that just makes the Texans terrible. What do you think it does to this Eagles uh, skill skill position player set? It elevates them in a huge way, huge way. I mean, they've got guys with tons of talent. Um, Biggest question I would have going into that is the coach. He's first-year guy, kind of an unproven guy, Frank Reich, uh, disciple. So it it just elevates them so much. I mean, immediately you're looking at um, the Slim Reaper, benefiting primarily and uh Jalen Rager um but it, it just changes their whole franchise path and then you know I could see them um you know contending very soon they need a lot of help on defense but it would be huge uh today I just learned that the Eagles head coach is someone named Nick Sirianni I did no idea who that is but I guess you know under Frank Reich he must be you know, he knows his stuff, I guess. Looks probably younger than me, which is which is sad to say. Um, yeah, he, he didn't look impressive on his initial interview, so that's one of the questions I would have going in. I, I don't trust the Eagles team, period, without 
going in without Watson, but if he if he plays and he plays, I, I can't imagine he's not at least suspended for a big portion of the year. By the way, I went with Slim Reaper. I couldn't come up with Devontae Smith. But I like that. That's immediately a good that's changes a good the path. Yeah. He's a great <laughs> nickname. Yeah, I love it. Um what do you so, think the... it'll be here? It... Go ahead. I would I believe it when I see it. I mean, I can't imagine how any franchise could attach themselves to him right now, just not knowing. But maybe they're more aware of the legal ramifications than we are at this point. Well, I mean, if if I'm the Eagles, you look at the Rams traded two first rounders, a third rounder, and golf for for Matthew Stafford, who is you know half of what he used to be. Still a good quarterback, but he's not Deshaun Watson. So if if they can buy buy low on Watson and he misses half a season, say you trade one first round pick and a third, and you know throw in Jalen Hurts or something. I mean, if you're the Texans, you'd be yeah. stupid not to do that. Your your team is is god awful. You have nothing left. You've traded away or or lost everyone in free agency. Um, I think it's time to rebuild. Get you know get this guy off your team. Just kind of start fresh. And you know for the Eagles, you you. In a weak division, you you're right up there with the Cowboys as far as offensive. You know that that'd be a fun matchup, Dak versus uh, Deshaun Watson twice a year. And it, you know, from a fantasy perspective, you and I just you know we're getting back into our dynasty league, second year of our dynasty league. If you have a person in your league who has Deshaun Watson, nobody else at quarterback, now's the time to go and try to get him. No matter what, if you got a number one quarterback on your team and got someone at second quarterback who's decent and willing to trade somebody else, I think it's a worthwhile investment for your dynasty team. Oh, for sure. You can probably get them on the cheap, you know. Um, Cam Akers, uh, you're, you're one of your fantasy man crushes out for the season with a torn Achilles. Uh, not a good injury. Uh, our friend Dave Richard from uh, the CBS Fantasy Football Podcast ran down a list of running backs who have had Achilles injuries, and it it reads like a list of the uh, Isaiah Crowells, Arian Fosters of the world, really guys that just never were the same afterwards. Uh, you know, that's a case-by-case basis. Cam Akers is still relatively young, you know, 24, sure. 20, 23, so hopefully he can ba- bounce back. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that. I guess we can talk about it now, just, just the options there. We can start with the Rams and then kind of circle, yeah. circle back to it. What what do you do here um, if you're the Rams? Because uh, he's a big piece of what you were doing. I mean, he was uh, down the stretch and in the playoffs for them. He was he looked like a like a top you know echelon running back. He's one of those rare combination of guys who can run and catch. Uh, a lot of teams rely on you know I think of the Colts where you know they have Naheem Hines right behind Jonathan Taylor ready to catch the ball on third down. Rare combination. You saw him towards the end of the season really start to break out. They would split him out in passing formation. So he was the guy who was on the field a ton. Um, I looked up Daryl Henderson's receptions last year. It was like 16, which with most people playing PPR at this point um, is a big deal. So he's going to be – he might be like a 900-yard running back in the year, get a lot of the goal line carries. But to me, I see the Rams – finding someone else who can catch the ball out of the backfield and using them in a big way. They use a three running back rotation last year with Cam Akers there. Um, so I definitely don't see Daryl Henderson as a clear running back one. For sure, you and I talked about this the other day, and we see him as maybe a running back two. But 
also McVeigh's going to want to show off Stafford and prove he's right for trading for him. So I see a lot of five yard passes, three yard passes at the other goal line with Stafford. So it's going to be an interesting situation. They have a guy named Xavier Jones, who's a younger player, uh, local Maryland boy, Jake Funk, uh, way de- down there, but nobody else worth, worth, worth of note that any, any known quantity on that team right now. Yeah. And, and if you're a Stafford owner or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a uh, Cooper cup owner. I think the stock value of those two guys is going to go up. I think, you know, you're going to add someone probably, but it's not going to be anybody, you know, that's going to carry the team for you like a Cam Akers would have been able to. So they're going to pass a lot more, I would say, than they were originally going to. Um, You also lost Malcolm Brown, who had, I think, 23 catches last year. So between the three of them, I think I added it up, it was like 40 or 50 catches. So I think Henderson will be a flex guy, even if they add someone. He just can never stay healthy. He'll be good for two games. He'll miss a couple, come back, miss a game. You know, he's he's just not very reliable, and then you lose your starter here. So, uh, I mean, the names that are out there are, are would have been sexy ten years ago. You got Adrian Peterson, you got Frank Gore, you got Duke Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it reads like a uh, like a 2010 fantasy All Star team. There's not really anybody out there. I guess you could trade maybe for Melvin Gordon. There's been kind of some rumors there. And I think yep. that, you know, as much as I dislike uh, Melvin Gordon with, to the nth degree, I think, you know, he could have new life there and he would be kind of the bell cow. So yep. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll update you because that's that's a that's a, pr- a playoff caliber team that's, you know, that's a big piece of what they do. So I can see them doing, you know, you got to do something. Uh, you mentioned think. the ageless Frank Gore. I was looking at something. His son is in college right now. Oh my It'd be God. really funny if he was still on a team and his son oh. was his backup or something. That would be remarkable. Man, the guys that are older than us in this league are really dwindling. So we got to hold on to these. <laughs> like, there's like five guys left. I think it's like Tom Brady. Brady, Peter. Yeah, if Peterson and Gore come back, that'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Last bit of news here. And uh, some rumblings about this. There's a report that that Aaron Rodgers re- turned down a contract extension. Still unhappy Is with it? the Packers. I think his fiance just retweeted like some rant from Stephen A. Smith about how the Packers have really done him wrong. So it doesn't seem like things are getting better. I don't know if they're getting worse, but you know, as as we get closer and closer to training camp, we'll see if he reports. Uh, any I can't anything? Imagine. Sorry about that. No, no. I was just going to say anything new on the situation that you are, are, you know, moving guys down or even more worried about these guys on the Packers now with with this going on? Can you imagine even if he does show up, the, like, uncomfortable work environment that that has become? Maybe the players don't care as much, but his relationship with the coach, I mean, at that point, like, it's one of those things where even if he does come back, it's got to feel a little more toxic. Um, So... You just, I mean, obviously, if he's not there, you avoid these guys for the first couple rounds. Even Devontae Adams, as good as he is, you just can't count on Jordan Love to do anything. Uh, He has to be like a a wide receiver, too, for you at that point. But to me, Aaron Jones coming back on a second contract, even if he's young, second contract guys don't turn out that great anyway. And, you know, they they love to run the ball there, and I just see A.J. Dillon garnering a lot more carries than you're used to in the past. Um, they lost Jamal Williams. They used to give him a ton of carries. I mean, Matthew Berry always tweets free Aaron Jones because he doesn't get the ball as much as he thinks he should. And I just think the older he gets, the older he gets. And they lost their starting center. Yep. So um, it's. I just think it's a toxic situation. 
unless Aaron Rodgers comes in and says, I love everybody and I'm going to be here and I'm going to have a contract, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, it definitely doesn't need the money. We'll keep everyone updated on that situation. That's, you know, one of the MVPs of the league that could, you know, sit out. It's going to affect a lot of different players. And if you're if you're drafting early, you, it's, you know, one of the reasons you really shouldn't. But if you're, you know, debating between a, a Tyreek Hill and, and a Devontae Adams right now, you got to go Hill. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with the situation. you got to think worse. You know, I always try to think worst possible scenario, you know, if I'm debating between two yep. guys, and, that, and that's really the best way to do it. So, um Let's touch on this. I didn't even talk about this. Like right after we recorded our last episode, they announced that the Cowboys would be on hard knocks. Um, obviously, some pretty big personalities there. You're starting from the owner all the way down. Um, not a team that I'm a huge fan of, but uh, they're they're going to have a ton of storylines. You got Dak coming back from injury. You got hopefully Zeke rebounding. I'm sure he's a personality. You got some talented guys there on defense. Obviously, um, you know. The, the stadium and the and the Jones family and all that kind of stuff. What what do you think about the Cowboys being on hard knocks this season? They're must see TV. Um, I if the day I watch a hard knocks episode, it will be my first. I'm always oh, wow. too cheap to pay. I'm always too cheap to pay for HBO, so it's never got never gathered me in. But the Cowboys are one of those franchises like the Yankees that you love them or you hate them, mm. and. There's no better team in the league to have on that. Maybe not. Maybe some people are tired of seeing them. I think it's their third time, but they're the most marketable franchise in the league, in my opinion. So it's going to be big. And you're right. They do have some personalities. Uh, the owner himself is a personality. I mean, no more owner gets talked about than Jerry Jones. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be good TV, I'm sure. All right. So we will. Uh address that more as the season goes on we will re, uh, i'll recap some episodes for you but it's a great show i mean I, if i had an hbo login i would uh give you the deets on that but uh, i st- i steal that from somebody else i steal all the all the different <laughs> logins except for uh netflix so uh speaking so of fantasy the fbi is not listening yeah speaking of <laughs> fantasy football uh our, our our friends and our sponsors at uh, jimmy's famous seafood are supplying a basically fantasy football draft kit. So you would go there, sign up on their website, register your draft. You show up, you get a draft board, you get a T-shirt, beer glass, and your first bucket of Bud Light on the house. Uh, I guess I'm drinking a Bud Light Lime. Maybe you can kind of ask them if you can switch over to Bud Light Lime. But um, to sign up and for more info, it's bit.ly slash famous fantasy draft. Me and you, Greg, have done – a work fantasy draft there, obviously. Yep. It's it's a uh, number one a great place to do a draft, and uh, yep. you can't really beat the food. So um, even when uh, the boss is paying, it's even better. So uh, you know, if you do like a work dra- a work draft, and you live in the Baltimore area, work in the Baltimore area, don't do your draft like in your office and you know, like in the cubicle area. Like, get your boss to put it on the company card and go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Can I mean think about where we were all trapped last year? You had no choice but yep. to do. Yeah. I mean, get together with your friends. If you're married, get out of the house. If you're not, get out of the house. <laughs> we were all we're stuck in the house last year. Yeah, yeah. I don't want so, to be uh, So get out of the house. All right. So uh, I have my notes here. We can run down team by team. Uh, we did this last time and thought it would be pretty quick and ended up being like an hour, which uh, which is a good thing because there's a lot to talk about, a lot of different personalities. Let's start with the aforementioned Cowboys in the NFC East. Uh, Zico Elliott, Greg, had a career low in yards and attempts. It was just a lost year for them. They lose 
Blake Jarwin the first game of the season. They're starting tight end. They lose Dak Prescott, you know, a couple, five, four or five games into the season. Uh, just terrible on defense and and really just kind of – the only real bright spot for them was C.D. Lamb being a rookie kind of uh, revelation for them as their third receiver, probably now a number two receiver for them. But uh, Elliott, still a first-round pick for me, Greg. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to take him, it's going to be that, that turn, that 9, 10, 11, 12 pick – um, if I'm if I'm not liking the receivers there, he's a proven guy. I don't think we've seen his his decline yet, but I think we're at the top of the. I think his best years are behind him. What do you think? I would agree. Uh, every mock draft I've done, he slid to the back of the first round. So it's definitely someone I've never been a big fan of him. He just seems kind of like just not a not not a not a solid guy. But he's been a solid fantasy football player. Um, he, uh, they lost their whole offensive line last year. They had to score 42 points a game to win. So at that point, people get impatient. The biggest thing I think against him is Mike McCarthy. When Mike McCarthy was in green Bay, he hated running the ball. Um, his, I I don't have his stats in front of me, but he had to be heavy, heavy, heavy on the pass. But the big thing for him is the only guy I've ever heard of otherwise on their team is Tony Pollard. And they still only bring him in for maybe 25% of the snaps. I'm not looking at it, but he's not in there heavy. So Zeke will be fed. He'll be fed often. But inevitably, every year, there's three or four weeks where they say, the Cowboys need to run the ball more. They need to run the ball more. They, they pass too much. So he's kind of a game plan dependent running back sometimes. And if you're drafting a guy at the top, no matter the position, you want him to be an integral part and a consistent part of the offense every game of the year. And that's the biggest worry, I think, for Zeke Elliott is there's going to be games where he gets the ball 10 times. And he's not – well, he can catch. He's not a huge catcher. I think he catches 50, 60 balls, so that's good. Don't get me wrong. But I think he could be game-planned out a bunch. How about you? Yeah, 52 catches, 54 catches, 77 catches last three seasons. I am more worried about – you're worried about the coach. I'm worried about Tony Pollard, who's two years younger. He had 100 carries last – 101 carries last season and just seems like they are slowly – you know, it was 90-10, then it was 80-20. You know, is this season going to be 75-25? Is it going to be, you know, 65 – you know – I don't know, but I think they're going to try to work Pollard in and keep Zeke fresh, and I think Pollard's a good running back. I think if you were to rank the number twos or the handcuffs in fantasy football, he would be a guy that I would say is is top two or three. That you know, Even if I don't have Zeke, if I see Pollard there around the 10th or 11th round, it's probably a little too late, but I'm going to take him because he has the potential to be a top 12, top 15 running back if anything does happen to Zeke, who is not uh, a spring chicken anymore. He's a he's an old 26, that's for sure. I mean, he's been he's been carrying the ball. I mean, uh, ran the ball a lot at Ohio State. Those add up too. You mentioned a word that over a lot, 300 carries three of the last five years, which is insane. It's a lot. You mentioned a word that if you're new to fantasy football, maybe you hadn't heard, but if you're consistent fantasy football you've been playing for years you mentioned handcuff and i want to get your opinion on what do you think about handcuffing let's say you took zeke in the first round into the first how big a priority is it for you to get the handcuffed of tony pollard in the draft if at all i mean it does give you that safe little feeling like sitting by the fire you know you you're kind of all set if you do get both of those guys but 
Sometimes it's good to have the handcuff for another team. If I want to have uh, a Gus Edwards or a Alexander Madison or somebody from another team, if somebody else gets hurt, you know, if say Dalvin Cook gets hurt, then I got Dalvin Cook's backup and I still have Zeke who's healthy. So it's it's really just dependent on – you can't just go the be-all, end-all on handcuffs. I used to do that a lot. I just think you have to play yeah. it play it by ear as who if, – if he gets the opportunity, who has the best chance to be – in my starting lineup. If, if, if they're not going to be a starter for me, it's not even worth me holding them on my team. You know what I mean? It's what, I, what are I we think, doing? I here? think it, I think it's just lost potential. You mentioned Alexander Madison every year for the last three years, he's been ranked as the best handcuff. You got to get him. You got to get him. But you know, he's running for 400 yards and he's just a dead spot on your roster. Why not take a chance on a rookie who might end up being starting in week 15 when you're in your playoffs and Oh man, you, you know, every year there's that guy. Oh, who started that guy? Two percent of people started that guy. Well, take a chance on somebody with more upside, is my opinion. Or a guy like J.D. McKissick, who last year out of nowhere leads the league in receptions for running backs, and he's you know he's not starting any games, but I mean he's yeah. putting up the fantasy points. It's really you know now a lot of these teams, you know, they might not like we don't we might not like it, but probably the best way to do it is to have some of these like the like the Buccaneers of the world to have two or three guys that you can rotate in keep them fresh they don't care about the stats you know what I mean we yeah. do but they don't so yeah. um yeah but um as far as, as far as the Cowboys yeah Zeke is still maybe maybe the last year he's a top you know first round guy we will see um yeah. let's let's move to another injury prone guy here at Saquon Barkley at the Giants who had an unbelievable rookie season was was like the a top one or two consensus pick, then gets hurt. Uh, he said he you know when they asked if he's gonna be ready for week one, he said we'll see. So I don't you know we'll have to see what happens in the preseason. He's a guy if he's a hundred percent if he won I've gotten hurt last season, Greg. He's he's my number one. I mean he does so much. He's the centerpiece of the offense. Uh, you know they've added a, a couple good pieces here and there, but he is really what makes that team go. But uh, I don't know if he can be trusted. He's he's probably a, a notch above for me over Zeke. But still, I'm going to have doubts drafting him. Af, you know, in the in, in the fourth or fifth pick of the draft. I definitely he I wouldn't touch him in the top four, top five picks. I'd rather take the number one wide receiver over him. I think everybody gets a little running back hungry in the first round and just convinces themselves they have to take guys based on the ranks that whatever system they're using has them at. But um, I just, you know, if you think he's going to be that stellar for 12 weeks of the year, that's definitely worth the risk for sure. But you are forfeiting the first three to four games of the year, in my opinion, with the amount of touches he's going to get. Um, and they've definitely brought in a couple guys that can play. Corey Clement, Devontae Booker, you know, those guys can fill in and take some of that off of him. And, like, they're going to try to prove that Daniel Jones is good this year too. They bring in Kenny Galladay. They have they have a good stable of receivers as well. Evan Ingram, who's been a no-show in most of his career. So they've got a lot more weapons, and they've improved the offensive line. So it's a question of whether the offense is any good, too. So uh, to me, he's, he's one of those guys I just won't pick in the top six, seven picks. If he gets the end of the first round and nobody's taking him, take the risk, I think, at that point. It's definitely worth it. Yep, you brought up a guy like uh, Devontae Booker uh, last year with the Raiders. He's kind of bounced around. He's really never gotten enough. You know, I think he has like 100 carries in his career. You know, he's still relatively young. 
he would be a handcuff, but he, I mean, he's a, a last round of the draft kind of guy. I probably don't even need to draft him. Um, but right. uh, with the with the injury concerns for Barkley, I think I probably would in, if I had a deep bench. But um, that that's about it. What I, was interesting about them last year? I remember when Saquon Barkley got hurt, and I think I texted you. I said, "Here's the Giants' running back to pick up. Nobody." Yeah. Because I thought they were all going to stink. But Wayne Gallman did well, so the offense. You know, the offense lent itself to being a serviceable running back. So um, he's one where we talked just about just talked about handcuffs. You have to handcuff him. Yeah. If the news is still, especially if he's P P U P list and off for the first three six weeks, whatever it is, you have to handcuff him early in the season. Um, you just, it's just a necessity. Yeah, I don't know if Gallman is actually any good or if they just used. I mean, they just involved him so much they just use the running well. back yeah they're just yeah just a very good yeah. offense for getting running backs involved so that could play well, Colt well McCoy was playing quarterback I think at the time and yeah. whoever else they had quarterback so it was a terrible offense so yeah. uh the third and all and another another guy who's there's a lot of question marks in this division at running back Miles Sanders from the Eagles another guy who was a first round pick last year uh Total disappointment, 867 yards, started off the season kind of banged up, had two games over 100 yards, um, but other than that was, you know, pretty pedestrian. Uh, we talked about the Deshaun Watson rumors. Obviously, he gets an, a, a bump if they add a quarterback like that, but I'm worried about yeah. if they don't make that trade and they have Jalen Hurts back there as like a Lamar Jackson type, you know, running for two, three, four hundred yards. That's going to take away from Sanders. He's going to get some of those goal line looks. So um, Sanders, another guy, we usually use this pro, uh, fantasy football calculator for our average draft position. Uh, we talked about Zeke and Barkley, who are kind of like five and six in the draft. You have to go down. Man, Miles uh, Sanders is now like a third-round pick. So, I mean, if I had to choose between those three guys, man, like you said, I'll take a top receiver and then take a chance with Miles Sanders in the third round for sure, because they have kind of the same question marks. Maybe not as good of a talent, but he's 24. Um, I think in the right situation could really bounce back, and you know it's more of a buy-low situation. What do you think? All the talent in the world, very good player. Um, I'll go back to coaching again. I mentioned it earlier. He's on a team worth a new coach. Uh, they decided to bring in Carrion Johnson, who failed in Detroit. They still have Boston Scott, who's decent player. They brought in Jordan Howard, and they drafted a guy, Kenneth Gainwell. I think he's at maybe out of Memphis. Um, all signs point to, we don't believe in Miles Sanders, so we're going to keep drafting people and bringing in as many people. Now, all those players won't be on the roster opening day. Miles Sanders is on my only if he falls really far list. I, I personally will not touch him because I, based on where he's being drafted, third, fourth round, which if you say you go, let's say you go wide receiver, wide receiver, Miles Sanders won't be my running back one for sure. And if Deshaun Watson isn't on the team, to me, this screams a team that's going to be five or six wins uh, total in the year. So they're not going to run the ball too much. So he scares me. I personally won't touch him. I totally could be wrong because he's got all the talent, but that's my initial feeling with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you there. It's, it's a weird situation on all three of these teams. So, um, 
and it's it's uh like you said a new coach is going to really change things up a bit there's nobody here behind him i would draft i mean if if you're in a super deep league maybe kenneth gainwell just because he has some potential to be something as a rookie we've seen enough out of jordan howard and carry on johnson to know that they are not nfl starting caliber running backs anymore right uh but this is probably going to be some sort of timeshare situation and if sanders fumbles or has a bad game or two they have enough people here to to make it a make it a rotation and just totally screw you out of any any kind of fantasy worthiness so um, draft at your own, uh, beware, or I don't know what I'm trying to say. Draft at your own. Draft at your own risk. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Sanders, Sanders, Sanders was a fumble guy coming out of Penn State. Yeah. He was, he backed up Barkley. Again, talent, but he's on a franchise that's in big transition to me. A lot of, a lot of offensive linemen come off the injury list. So it's going to be tough here, I think. Uh, and moving on to the fourth team in the division, the Washington football team. Uh, Antonio Gibson was a revelation last season with 11 touchdowns, uh, out of nowhere, out of nowhere that the, the yards weren't there. 795, um, not blowing anybody away, but had 36 receptions. The biggest thing is those touchdowns. That's what I'm worried about because that, that's hard to, to replicate. If you, you know, you give me a thousand yard rusher every season, I can, I can see it, but 11 touchdowns for a team that's probably not going to be very good. That's probably not going to run the ball very much. Um, I, I like him as a late round guy as well. I mean, these all four of these guys are, are you know top three rounds. You know, I think Gibson is probably early second, right? I mean, he's he's he's, he's up there. He's second. He's second, third round. I disagree with you. I think the offense will be better this year. Um, okay. Who's the guy who's in Pittsburgh now? Is backing up Ben, kid out of Ohio State, their first round pick. Um, oh, we'll look it up in a second, yeah. but um, I think. I think they'll be more productive offense. I think Ron Rivera is the type of guy who likes to play a little conservative and likes to run a little bit more first than he does. Um, he does not have a running quarterback where he's Miles Sanders does. Um, and I think his pass receiving is going to be significantly bigger. McKissick will not get as many snaps this year, provided health, um, as he did last year. So let's say 20 of those catches go over to Gibson. So I think he could be a third-round I got two stud wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson's my running back one that you could feel comfortable with. Um, so I, I, I think he'll be good. I mean, besides McKissick, Peyton Barber, not a star. One of my fantasy all-time flubs, Lamar Miller. Oh, took him God. first round in two drafts in one year. And whew, I still I can't look at that name without feeling a little sick. But um, I think – and I think the team had a good offensive line last year, so – I, I like Gibson top of the third round for sure. You talked about J.D. McKissick who had 80 catches as a backup. Now, I don't know how much of that is due to the, the dump-off nature of, of Mr. Alex Smith, who you know is now retired, I believe, is not going to play anymore, and was you know coming back from Dwayne a Haskins, horrific— I got his name. Oh, yeah, there you go, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Uh, coming back from a bad injury. But if you give 20 of those catches to, you know— to, to to Antonio, you still have sixty catches. I mean, if he, this guy gets fifty or sixty catches, he's going to be a flex worthy guy in some bye weeks and when injuries come up. So definitely keep your eye on JD McKissick because I think he'll still have some. I mean, he had three hundred sixty five rushing yards. I mean, even if he doesn't replicate that, I mean, I still think if they split it at, at least a little bit, he is going to be the receiving guy. Um, 
at least on third downs or something. I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, he's as far as backups go, he's going to be a guy who, even if he doesn't start, is going to get you some, you know, the, the Tony Pollards and the Alexander Madisons of the world, Greg, aren't going to do anything for you, aren't going to be worth anything on your on your bench with, yeah. unless there's an injury. You don't need an injury to get something out of J.D. McKissick. You could, you could, you know, put him in there as a desperation play in some certain weeks and, and get maybe 10 points out of him and be kind of happy. So, um Kind of a James White type or yeah. a less explosive Darren, Darren Sproles type for sure. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I like Gibson. I think of the four of these guys, I think he has the best potential to be take that next step. He's twenty three. I think they're gonna. Yeah. They really. Yeah. They have some good pieces. I think. I think Fitzpatrick will be good for them. I just don't know who's behind Fitzpatrick. If he gets hurt or they bench him, do they have anything? I don't think the the Tyler Hinnicky. That guy who started the uh, Tampa Bay game, Taylor Henneke, who's probably a one-game success. I mean, it's hard to game plan for. That's probably with Tampa Bay because he could run around, but nothing exciting. They'll be drafting a quarterback next year for sure. Let's move over to the NFC North uh, where we have the questions about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Let's start start there. Uh, Aaron Jones is the running back that – I started our dynasty league with last year, and he is super frustrating to own. Not because of him, just because they just really don't use him as a bell cow, um, right? As as much as they should. He's a super talented guy, has great breakaway speed, super explosive. Uh, but I think he's a guy I would take in that middle, in the middle of the first round, end of the first round, if you're looking for a home run pick, because. His potential is going to be way above guys like Zeke Elliott and some of these other guys who might be kind of on the downside of their career. I think Aaron Jones, if given the opportunity, and you know, if if Rodgers doesn't come back, what are they going to do? They're going to run the shit out of the ball, you know. And they're going to pass short because they're going to be losing games, and the the biggest fall off for him will be the the type type touchdown potential. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 a big worry. So if you're in a non PPR league. He's going to be tough to own from that sense because he's just not going to score as much. If Rodgers is back, status quo, I think he does lose uh, goal line touches to A.J. Dillon. I mean, that guy's enormous. So why wouldn't you put him in there? Yeah, Dillon's one of my top five handcuffs. I think he is a guy, if something does happen to Jones, could be a top 12 running back for you um, in in fantasy football. I looked up a stat, and I know we talked about the AFC running backs already. I just have to talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I had last season. I was super high on. He had four carries in in week one against the Texans, goal line carries. Uh, It was 0 for 4. How many carries do you think he had at the goal line the rest of the season, Greg Angel? It's got to be under 10. He had two. He had six carries on the goal line last season for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Had one one of those was a touchdown. I think it was like one for one for six. But um yeah. if if you know and he, he was super disappointing. We talk about you know him all the we, we talked about him a lot in the last episode. Uh I, I'm still holding out hope for him basically because I have to because he's on my dynasty team. But I, I, I gotta think that they're gonna involve him a little bit more. It's just a weird. The it just reminded me of the Packers because I watched so many Packers games where they're inside the five yard line and they throw to Devonte Adams, you know, 
when most teams like our Ravens are, are just pounding the, the ball up the middle. You know what I mean? So, Well, you got to look at their rebuilding of their offensive line as a positive for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire owners. I'm big on him. I think everybody just forgot about him after last year having all the hype because he wasn't up, lived up to expectations. Had he not had all those expectations and not been drafted by a super team that just won the Super Bowl, maybe he, everybody looks at his year as good. But he's a huge, huge turnaround this year. We talked about them already, but depth chart up. But I think the offensive line, they were bad in the red zone period. Harrison Bucker owners loved it. Um, <laughs> but I think there's nothing but upside with him. Uh, Jamal, like you said, Jamal Williams gone off of this team. He's with the uh, the Lions now, who we can switch to now. Uh, yeah, I have I have beef with uh, one of the guys on this team. The DeAndre Swift uh, fantasy love has been going around the fantasy community on Twitter, and I'm not yeah. too sure what the reason is for this. They have not had a thousand yard rusher in Detroit since Reggie Bush. I think was 2013 or something, maybe even earlier than that. So Reggie yeah. Reggie Bush was the last. Thousand yard rusher. This is the last seven games for DeAndre Swift last season. One yard, seven yards. Uh, sorry, one yard, twenty-seven yards. Then he had one hundred and sixteen against Jacksonville. Good game. 20, 20, Everybody had a good game against Jacksonville. <laughs> Twenty-two, zero, twelve, eight. That's how he finished the season. I think he had a little over five hundred yards. Um, he did have 46 catches, so, I mean, he, he was involved in the passing game. But that was with Stafford, so now you have a new quarterback. Right. Um, I, I just don't understand the love for this guy. I mean, you, you can't you can't tell me that a team that is going to be losing almost every single game is, is going to have a running back that I can rely on to be a starter for me. Am I, am I missing something with this guy? So somebody on Twitter, when the Cam Akers news came out, asked us if – James Robinson, you know, if the the Rams situation turns into a James Robinson situation with Daryl Henderson where they use him a ton. Um, that's the only path I see DeAndre Swift being successful on is just getting so many of the touches. But Jamal Williams is there right behind it, a proven NFL running back who will get touches. The, uh, the only positive, just to bring up the counter arguments, yeah, yeah. what you're saying is the coaching staff knows they are not going to win track meet games. So they are going to play conservative offensive football. Meanwhile, trying to protect Jared Goff, they did a lot in the draft. Uh, they drafted Payne Sewell, probably one of the best left tackle uh, prospects. Had he played a full season at Oregon, he wouldn't have fallen as much as he did. And, of course, the quarterback love at the top of the drafts. To me, the coaching staff is going to be one of those coaching staffs. They want everybody to bite kneecaps. So they're just going to want to run the ball and play conservative footballs and play short passing game. And he's probably their best receiver. So the reason TJ Hawkinson's getting so much love is because you can't name the wide receivers right now. Yeah, so that's, that's the only path of what I see DeAndre Swift being. He's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. But if he had a different uniform on um, and still was on the same stinky team, uh, you you might think different just because he's on lines and the history. I think that prejudices it a little bit. Yeah, but I've just there's been so he's many not a lines. Running back one. There's so many lines running backs that have come across, come around the the Kevin Jones of the world, the Mikel Lashores of the world that I've had such high hopes for. The 14, I don't even know who those people are. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Four, 1499 rushing yards last year for the Lions, third worst in the league. So 
Um, yeah, uh, they don't run the ball very much. I don't know if that'll change this year, uh, but who knows? Hard, hard, hard to bank on. If you're saying he's my running back one, you're not, probably yeah. not going to have a great season. No, yeah. I, I, I've, in the fifth round. I, I just have trouble having him as my number two. That's the thing. I, yeah. There's no way a one would, would make sense, but we'll see. Maybe I've been wrong many times before, Greg Angel. Um Let's go on to probably the best quarterback we've running back we've talked about so far today, Dalvin Cook, uh, yep. who is probably consensus top two running back in fantasy football. I mean, the, he seems to be the guy yeah. right behind Rundy and um, uh, McCaffrey. CMC. Yeah, CMC. Yeah, um, Run CMC. I'm thinking of McFadden. Yeah, what am I doing? Um, he doesn't do, play anymore. Would you would you take him in this, as if you have the second pick of your draft? Is he the the lock in guy? Or are you going Henry or a receiver or is Dalvin Cook that guy for you? Uh, number two, I mean, I love Alvin Kamara more than most people do. He's just been year after year. He catches the ball so well. I mean, he's got a coach who gears the offense towards him. He's probably the best weapon on the whole offense, but. Dalvin Cook is in a great situation. He has a coach. A couple of years ago, they threw too much, and he fired the offensive coordinator because he wanted to run more. They are committed to the run. They're committed to Dalvin Cook. Madison is not a great talent. He's fine, but he will never take big cat touches away from him. You can draft him. It's a matter of opinion where you take him. You could draft him one because you're nervous about McCaffrey, I think that's a mistake, but you're nervous about McCaffrey's injury and don't think his offense is good. But they drafted a tackle in the first round. They're committed to running the ball. They're committed to getting an offensive line better. So he's he's a surefire. If you wanted to take him one, great. He'll probably be great for you. He has a little bit of injury history. And let's face it, not many running backs will play 17 games this year. So if you're worried about him missing a couple games, you're just going to have to deal with it with everybody anyway. That's so true. Uh, amazing numbers for him last season. 1,557 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, 44 receptions. Uh, he's a guy that is super bankable, 25 years old, still, you know, only in his, I think this is his fifth year, fourth year. This is his fifth yeah. year, fifth year. So, um, I think this, we we might not have seen the best of Dalvin Cook yet. That's the scary thing. That's that's not true for a lot of the guys we've talked about. Um, Zeke and Elliott, he has that breakaway you know. speed where he can score a seventy-five yard touchdown um, at any time. So always good to have a home run hitter too. Yep. Uh, we talked about like you said, Madison. He's not a guy I'm I'm going to draft anymore. We we've seen enough of him in in spots. The only thing, the only negative for me on Dalvin Cook, and I think you brought it up last week, is where Dalvin Cook. Uh, you'll see a tweet, Dalvin Cook down on the ground, doesn't look good, and then he misses like two plays and comes back in. Like, you know, he's just a guy who uh, takes a lot of, takes a beating, I guess, but he doesn't seem to miss any games, uh, so that's good. Um, so not, yeah. not, not an injury guy. He's as bankable as it, as it comes, and, and nobody really behind him to steal. Like he just said to steal carries. I think this is the Dalvin Cook show for sure. And as uh, Cousins gets, you know, Yep. Less and less arm strength in him. I and think the Cook, coach is the biggest thing. Yep. Uh, so we talked about three of the teams here. Let's move over to the Bears, who seem to be in flux at many positions, but not at the running back. David Montgomery was a guy that everybody was down on last season and had a really, really good year, 1,070 yards, uh, 54 catches. was really the only thing they had for a while there outside of Allen Robinson. 
Uh, now you have a rookie quarterback who could possibly take over. I don't know if that's good or bad for him. Tell me about Justin Fields and what you think it would mean for for uh, David Montgomery. I think it opens it up. I think it doesn't change much. I mean, I think Justin Fields is a great talent. I think he'll start, no question. Could you imagine being a Bears fan and going all, out and watching Andy Dalton know that he's just a fill-in? Yeah. I mean, there is no question he will start early, whether it's week one, who knows. David Montgomery will be great. Tariq Cohen missed a lot of games last year, um, maybe almost all the season. Um he is a guy who caught a lot of balls, so maybe Montgomery loses a few catches. But I think he could also lose goal line carries to Damian Williams, who came out of Kansas City. Um, he's definitely a solid running back, too, for me. Um, probably fourth, fifth round is where you get him. Um, the biggest question is, is their offensive line any good this year? Yeah. Um, they invested some picks in there, and they were bad there. So he's, he's definitely a good option for sure. Yeah, you talked about Tariq Cohen, who only had six catches, 74 rushing yards. Last couple seasons before that, 79 catches, 71 catches. I don't think it's crazy to go receiver heavy, get a guy like Kittle, get a quarterback, get Mahomes, and then have in a PPR league James White and Tariq Cohen and just get 10 to 15 points a game from both of those guys and just be beefed up at every other position. I mean, there's some running backs, and you talk about the J.D. McKissicks of the world, the Terry Cohens of the world. I mean, they're not going to get you a ton of rushing yards, but, I mean, they're heavily involved in the passing game. Uh, how bad was our buddy David Montgomery, his rookie year, averaged 1.6 yards after contact in, in 2019? So people were right to be down on him. He was downright terrible as a rookie. Uh, but really came back in, in his second year, and I think he'll get better and better. Uh, he's a guy that could be a sleeper, kind of third or fourth round. We haven't talked about it, many guys that, Greg, could be a first-round pick next year. You know what I mean? Do you think David Montgomery could be that? I mean, we've already talked about Antonio Gibson, who's basically almost a first-round pick now. He's kind of on the cusp there. I'm trying to think of a guy like in the David Montgomery range that could be a first-round pick. I mean, there's – there's, it happens every year, right? I mean, right. I think you look at um, the guy out of Javante Williams out of Denver. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the rookie. I think he ends up having a good year. Um, if they improve their quarterback situation next year, that would be even better. Um, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes there as a free agent because um, he's talked about what, well, you know, that, that's been a team heavily mentioned. I think Javante Williams. I think you look at talent over maybe like I, I always like looking at guys who are coming in the season. Um, so I think Williams would be one. A guy like Trey Sermon, who we'll probably get to in a little bit with San Francisco. Um, just those guys who haven't had the chance yet. I think those are guys you look at um, as, as improving and getting opportunity. Um, I think those who you look at to step out, of, come out of nowhere. For sure. Uh, a guy like that for me, let's switch over to the NFC South and let's talk about uh, former Gamecock Mike Davis, who filled in admirably for uh, Christian McCaffrey when he was hurt, now is with yeah. the, the Falcons, and just a tailor-made fantasy football offense with now adding Kyle Pitts. you got Matt uh, Ryan still there. Julio Jones is gone, but you still have two or three really good receivers. 
what do you make about Mike Davis now with the Falcons? Do, uh, do you think he's a guy who could be take that next step? Have we seen the best from him? Where, where are you at with him? Arthur Smith is a guy we talked about in our first episode. Great offensive mind. Mike Davis is not Derrick Henry, not even close. But I think he will definitely be a 1,000-yard rusher. How involved he is in the passing game remains to be seen. Uh, they got Cordero Patterson. It's always been kind of that he's he's a superb returner, the best since Devin Hester, for sure. Um, but I think Mike Davis is if, – if you said, like you were just mentioning, going receiver, receiver, tight end, quarterback, if you took Mike Davis in the fifth, you'd have a 1,000-yard rusher with 40 catches. He was in an offense that was terrible last year, terrible with Teddy – Teddy Bridgewater checking down all the time. I think yeah. they'll score a lot more and he'll get a lot more touchdown opportunities. So if you said it, Mike Davis is one of those I low floor guys, I would say for him, for sure. He might, he's not going to run for 2000 yards and catch 50 ball and catch a hundred balls, but he is a low floor guy that you can rely on. And his, with them signing him as a free agent there, he's a person that that coach wanted Arthur Smith asked to sign him. So I think that's a good thing to know. Yeah, they were pretty bad last year at the running back position in Atlanta. They just didn't have too much going on. They tried, they've tried Todd Gurley, who there was on his last legs. So uh, Mike Davis on his fifth team of his career, but uh, seems to have found like kind of his niche there behind Christian McCaffrey. I'm, I'm hoping he can become, like you said, like a 1,000-yard, eight-touchdown, a Rudy Johnson type of guy, right? I mean, you know. A pounder does have pretty good receiving skills. Had what I yep. think fifty nine catches last year, so he can catch. I the, did not like him when he played against us at Clemson. I think he was the, a guy who actually beat us. So yeah, he was. Uh, he was good. For him. He is good, uh, and really nobody behind him. You look at Cordell Cordero Patterson. You talked about him. Um, I don't know who Javian Hawkins is. He's a rookie. He's out of Louisville. Okay. Um, okay. Big big running back, looking like about two hundred pound running back. That's one of those things where you're in a dynasty league and you're just you have a spot you have a spot where you can just leave somebody there because you got a solid team. He could be a flyer given the coach's history on running backs. Um, so he's definitely a flyer and he could definitely get more opportunity because Matt Ryan will probably be there one or two more years. But I would think I always late in drafts want to draft guys with upside versus guys who just you know kind of hang around and have one to two good games a year why don't you draft a guy that you don't know anything about that could be tremendous so i would take a chance on him late in a deep deep draft speaking of tremendous let's switch over to the carolina panthers we'll talk about christian mccaffrey the almost consensus number one pick in almost every fantasy football draft how good is christian mccaffrey he has 20 PPR fantasy points in 27 of the last 35 games. Insane numbers. He is more involved, Greg, in this offense than anyone in the league at any position, I would probably say, outside of quarterback. Yeah. Um, he is a guy, maybe the injury concerns you a little bit, but he came back toward the end of the season. He, I mean, he they kind of shut him down after a game or two, but I, yeah. I think he's you know he's not rehabbing a, an injury, a late in, late season injury. He's you know, coming back, and I think he'll be a hundred percent. He's fun to watch, and you know he puts up points in a lot of different ways. 
Is there any reason you would talk someone out of taking him number one? And, and if so, who would, who would be the option instead of him? I think if you're a conservative fantasy football player and you say, I want to make sure that my first round player is a guarantee. I don't care if I don't hit the home run. I want to make sure I hit a double. Derek Henry doesn't get hurt and he runs. He's going to run for 1,500 yards minimum this year and score eight to 10 touchdowns. But no, you have to take Christian McCaffrey, especially if you're in a PPR league. My opinion, they brought in what they hope is a better quarterback. The only concern is they didn't really do a lot to improve the offensive line in any big way. Um, but, you know, I, and you look at the depth chart, the only name that stands out to oh, me. Oh, hold on. Well, hold on. Before you say it, were you about to say yeah. my favorite player in the league? I, I know I know what how your mind works. So you're based based on the name, it has to be number thirty. Yes. Chubba, Chubba Hubbard. Hubbard. Wow. He he is actually a guy I think look it up for me before I even look, see how much draft geeky I got. I think he's Oklahoma State. You're right. You're and he right. and he's originally from Canada. You're right. About and he that was too. a top top running back for them. So um to me, he's he's the uh, upside player in the future. Now, he's not going to get a ton of opportunity right away because Christian McCaffrey, but late in the season, if there's as they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, if Christian McCaffrey's not getting as many touches, I think those touches are starting to go to Chubba Hubbard. Also, to- an ice cream flavor from Ben and Jerry. <laughs> it sounds like yeah, it sounds like an ice cream <laughs> flavor. And uh, you talked about. Uh, handcuffing uh, Barkley. I think th- this is a handcuff you have to make for McCaffrey, and you can literally get him last uh, last round. You can almost just wait until the first week and then grab him before the first game starts because no oh, yeah. no one knows who he is um, nope. in most leagues. I think you could probably just you know see how things shake out. Um, but uh, yeah, sophomore year, two thousand ninety four yards, twenty one touchdowns for Oklahoma State. So. It sounds like a candy bar too. I don't know if it's ice cream or a candy bar, but Chubba Hubbard sounds like, or double yeah. bubba, double bubble or something, you know, like a bubble. Double bubba Chubba. Uh, yeah. So, um, all right, let's move on to uh, a player that you were on before, before he even became anything. You drafted in one of our leagues, uh, Alvin Kamara before he, even played a game or I think you might even picked him up. He wasn't picked drafted. him up after week one. I had drafted Adrian Peterson in New Orleans that year. And I watched the first game and I said, well, uh, this Kamara guy is going to catch a lot of balls and be an integral part of the offense. Darren Sproles had just left there and he's a beefier Darren Sproles. He is an incredible talent. I mean, so, so fast. And Sean Payton's a great offensive guy. And, they do not go down the field. Their offensive talent does not dictate that they can. And he's he's going to be a true number one. I, he's another safety pick to me. He's great. Yeah, it t- I talked about it with McCaffrey, but I think Alvin Kamara might be even more fun to watch. That Saint, I mean, maybe it's different without without Breeze now, but but that Saints offense with Kamara is really fun to watch, and he's fun to have on your fantasy team too. So I think. I'm with you. I think after those first two picks, after McCaffrey and after Dalvin Cook, I'd be tempted to take Kamara and Henry three and four. But if I have the fifth pick, 
I'm probably going to go with a receiver and just lock in like the best receiver in the league. I'm almost yeah. tempted to take Kelsey in the middle of the first round, man. I, if I had a, a fifth, sixth, seventh pick, it'd be it'd be hard not to. With the Devontae Adams stuff going on, um, with with him being wishy-washy, I mean, Tyreek Hill is, is, a, is a pretty safe bet there, but... If I yeah. can, if I can get just the top tight end, there's so many receivers. You know what I mean? There's there's only a couple really 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 top elite receivers, but there's a lot yeah. of really good receivers. There's not too many really good tight ends. So um, that'll be a discussion for another day. But uh, Latavius Murray is probably the number one guy to get. He is a proven starter in the league. He's played several places, yeah. a little bit older, but he's going to have value for you. He's a starter even when. Kamara plays. I mean, he he is maybe a flex guy all the time, and uh, they use him a lot. He's in the goal lines. He catches the ball. I just think Murray is is probably even if you don't have Kamara. I mean, I would rather get him over some of these rookies if you're in a league where a, a redraft league where I have to you know get points and put up some points in the in the seventh or eighth or ninth round. Uh, One of sure. the best offensive lines in the league, if not the best, Bushrod. They just resigned their right tackle. They yeah. have a great young center. They have great guards. The only caveat to this team and their running backs is who's under center and is Taysom Hill steal. He's going to steal two to three touchdowns from you uh, at least, probably five or six, and you're going to be pissed off, but it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen with that team. If he's a full-time starter, I would be less likely to draft Kamara as at second or third. I'd still take him at fourth, no question. One of the most confusing running back situations in the league is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who uh, are in a you know great situation with Tom Brady under quarter under center. Uh, you got two really good tight ends. You got four great receivers, and then you have this running they back. Have too stable. much talent. <laughs> yeah, they really do. And then they have this running back stable of guys. Ronald Jones, I traded to you when I was desperate for a quarterback after the Burrow injury. And Tom Brady, it was it really worked out for both of us because Brady was kind of he, – he was good the first five, six games of the season but really turned it on at the end of the season. Yeah. And, and Ronald Jones had a stretch of two or three games where he played yeah, well. And, before he and, got injured. Yeah, he got hurt. Leonard Fournette was like a healthy scratch for a game or so here. And then he turned it on, played really well in the playoffs, I think had 300 yards rushing in the playoffs. I don't know what to make of this team. They add Giovanni Bernard, who will be a kind of a pass-catching third-down guy. I mean, do you just stay away from this situation all the time? Neither of these guys are, unless one of them gets hurt, neither one of them are startable. But I think if one of them does yeah. get hurt, both of them have top 15 potential to be a starter for you, for, you know? For sure. I have, remember I, when I had Ronald Jones, I'm like, all right, I'm going to play him this week. All right, one point. All right, well, now I saw that. I'm not playing him this week. He breaks like a 96-yarder versus Carolina. So it's going to be one of those things that's going to torture fantasy football owners, especially guys like me who have a hard time pulling the trigger on those roster decisions and change it five times on Sunday morning before 10 a.m. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's tough talent that that whole team is like that. The wide receivers, every one of their players comes down on where they're drafted because of the amount of talent on the team. It's just going to be a week by week scenario. There'll be better players on DraftKings than there will be fantasy football as far as feeling reliable and guys you can bank on. When people think 
you can go receiver, receiver, or when people try to draft the the Mahomes and Lamar Jacksons of the world in the third or fourth round, and it it seems good, then you get to the point of your draft when you have to make a decision over whether do I take Ronald Jones or Fournette to be my number two running back, and that is not a spot that you want to be yeah. in. It it really is not because, like you said, there neither of them are are neither of them are. are potential to be a top guy and with the situation they're in neither of them are even almost startable uh because they just more you know in a brady offense they're okay. just gonna they're just gonna be rotating the ball around so much that that no i mean you could see Keyshawn vaughn come in and get 100 yards i'm uh, you know cj Procise is a guy who if he makes the team could be you know it's just it's just a situation i don't want any part of I think more people lose fantasy football. Most people do week by week matchups as opposed as opposed to rotisserie. But I think more people lose by having guys who score one or zero points on their team than do by you know not having the guy who explodes. I think you as much as you can avoid a zero to five points on your board from a, a from a running back type position, you're going to win more games. Make sure you have guys who have low floors and. Personally, when I've been doing these mock drafts, once I get by through round five, if I don't have two running backs on my team, I don't like it. So I think two two running backs in the first five rounds, and you should feel okay. Yep, yep. Uh, speaking to another situation I, I am not okay with is this situation with the NFC West uh, Cardinals, who uh, Chase Edmonds always seemed like he was brimming with potential sitting behind Kenyon Drake. Got a chance last season and was just a wet fart. They add James Conner, who I think is probably <laughs> – sorry, you like the wet fart line. Um, after the yes. uh, after the James Conner injury a couple seasons ago, and, and Pittsburgh doesn't seem like the same player, but I don't know how this is going to shake out, and I really just don't think Chase Edmonds is a guy – you know, I have him in our dynasty league. I hate to bring that league up again. We're going to talk about it a lot probably as the season goes on. He's my fourth guy, but I don't think I'll ever be confident enough in starting him because he is a guy that will have 15 yards one week and then 90 yards the next week. It's not conducive to a winning fantasy football team. It it might look okay at the end of the year when we're looking at the stats on a computer screen, but that's not you know it's not feasible to have a guy that inconsistent. It's it's a wait and see situation for sure. If you decide to draft him. You know, most people, if they draft a guy high, start him week one. I wouldn't play an Arizona Cardinals guy week one. I would wait a couple weeks, see what's going on with them. Get a guy who has a low floor, like we talked about, like a Gus Edwards. We keep bringing him up because we're Ravens fans, and that's easy for us to say. We're an A.J. Dillon guy. You can get him beyond. I think A.J. Dillon has a more sure role in the team than a guy like Chase Edmonds. I mean, they could totally – they could go with other running backs. I mean, they got Tavian Feaster, who's a guy who actually played at both Clemson and South Carolina. I mean, and plus they have Kyler Murray on their team, who went healthy last year, ran the ball in from the five more often than his running backs did. Um, so I agree with you. I think it's just buyer beware. He could be great. He could win people a lot of leagues if he ends up a clear number one. Yeah, I don't know how we went that whole time without even talking about Kyler Murray, he's another factor that I would be super worried about because his rushing uh, stats are going to 
negatively impact both of these guys. So uh, we will yeah. see what happens. Um, it's it's probably like I said, it's probably better for for real life than it is for fantasy because you got two guys who can kind of interchange and have different skill sets. But um, Edmondson, Edmonds yeah. is of the two. I would probably want Edmonds. What about you, Connor or Edmonds on your on your squad? I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch Connor no matter yeah. what. Yeah, he know. is. To me, he's one of those guys who great story, like overcame incredible. He's an aging running back who just left, you know, a situation in Pittsburgh where the offensive line wasn't good and they weren't committed, but he had been declining since then. He was supposed to replace Le'Veon Bell, not even close. He had one good year where he played okay, but no, it's he's not worth drafting at all to me. James Conner, Edmonds is the only player right now that you could draft. We talked about the Rams earlier, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But Daryl Henderson is probably. Have you done any mock drafts since that injury? Have you, where have you seen him going? Like fourth round, fifth round, probably. It hasn't. It hadn't really caught up to adjustments with. But I would think he'd be fifth round. Yeah, range. I mean he's a uh, he's a starter. He, there's no one else there right now. And played well at Memphis. He's a big bruising back, so we'll see. They use their backs a lot. So, yeah, keep an eye on Xavier Jones if they don't add somebody and then Jake Funk in really, really deep leagues. Uh, we'll talk to the the 49ers who seem – you had, I think, every 49er running back on your team last season, and they all seemed every week to rush for 100 yards. So I don't know what's happening here. Raheem, I don't know who's hurt. All these guys, I couldn't – if they were all standing in front of me, I wouldn't know which one was it. which. Raheem Mousert, Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty. I know Hasty's got the dreads, so I know that – I know him there. Yeah. But um, is it just the offense that they use? The Shanahan offense is just conducive to, like, just running backs running wild because now you got the, rookie, sure. the rookie Trey Sermon there too, right? For sure. And one of the things I read, just a little thing, is that you know, Beat Rider said that they want to run the ball 500 times this year, wow. which is more than the, what the Ravens did, I believe, in the last couple years. So they're a run centric team. Every team would love to run the ball every time. And that means you're winning. Run down the clock. Games, yeah. yeah. Jeff Wilson's out with injury. He's kind of a fringe guy anyway. He starts when you need him to, like when they need him to. Um, always blows my mind that they always sign somebody in free agency. This year was Wayne Gallman where he, where he mostered as a guy that played well in the Super Bowl, played up and leading up to the Super Bowl, had that huge game in the championship game against the Packers. But he was a, you know, talent wise, he was a practically a uh, special teams guy only. Um, so he's probably not a long-term solution, although he could play well this year. Uh, then they bring in Gallman out of, the Giants, which I don't know why he would want to go there and sit in this running back by committee. And then they draft a guy at Ohio State, I believe in the third round, Trey Sermon, who is actually, uh, if if you're in a redraft league, he's going in the first round um, because of Kyle Shanahan, but he's got good talent. So this is, this is almost even more confusing than Tampa because you don't know what their roles will be at all so again this is just a, you know you draft these guys in the seventh eighth round to me um because yeah. you just don't know they one week they'll be important and the next week they won't they signed uh former falcon center alex mack they add trent williams last season so they've added some pieces to the offensive line you get george kittle back uh, i don't know if that's good or not i mean he's, he's more of a receiver than a blocker um and then but you who's have under, who's under center 
I was going to say, yeah, you have Trey Lance who could end up starting after the first, I don't know how many games. I mean, we always talk about the 49ers as being kind of, uh, with, it wasn't too long ago, they're in the freaking Super Bowl, right? I mean, they're they're a very... It's two years ago. Yeah, it just seems like that was like... They were very up and down. They were terrible, great, and then they had so many injuries last year. Yeah, so yeah many it's injuries. hard to judge them off of last season, but this year... Yeah. I mean, you start their bye week is week six, so you're looking at the Lions. That's the that's a win. Uh, Eagles is going to be a tough game. Packers with you know Packers they lose if Rodgers is there. Week four you're going against uh, Russell Wilson. That's a loss. Week five it's a toss up against the Cardinals. So if you're looking at 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 three and two or uh, sorry sorry two and three or one and four, they're they're probably making the switch at week six to Trey Lance. Right. For sure. For sure. I mean, Shanahan's been a great coach. He's had good success, but he's had more losing seasons than winning seasons. So he brought him and uh, John Lynch probably feel a little pressure to have a star out there. You know, they're in a really this NFC West is probably the toughest division in football. No bad teams in it. Um, so, you know, you, you, you lose a couple games. You're you're out of playoff contention early. If you're taking one one person off this team, are you going with the upside of the rookie sermon, or are you going with Mostert in you know in the sixth or seventh round? I would probably go Mostert first. Yeah, I, agree. Um, okay. I just don't think Sermon has the chance to play many third downs, um, which is a big part of PPR. Yeah, um, but I think Mostert is a proven commodity. Redraft leagues Sermon over Mostert uh, if you're drafting first time. Last but not least is the Seattle Seahawks, who have a player that I always love is Chris Carson. I always seem to get him in drafts, always puts up points. Not not the healthiest guy in the world, but uh, they just signed him to a new contract, so they must like him there. And they've had the same yeah. same stable of backups behind him, the Rashad Pennies of the world, for a long time. Now you get Travis Homer, and we saw DJ Dallas come in for a cup of coffee last season, but... Um, this is one of the few teams that we've talked about today that is just, you know, it's Chris Carson's show. Obviously, he takes a back seat to this offense who have two great receivers and a, an amazing quarterback who can run the ball and do a lot of things. But, uh, I mean, how many – we the, the last five teams we just talked about, and all the way back to the Saints, have just some sort of committee situation. So um, I think Chris Carson, you can do a lot worse than him if you do go double – Double receivers, you know, right? I mean, would you take him in the third round at the end? Like you have that 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 swing pick at the 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 tenth or the twelfth, and you take two badass receivers, and then you come back and get Carson and Mike Jones. I mean, I don't think it's a terrible way to start a draft. Yeah, in fact, I did sorry, Mike Davis, not Mike Davis, not Mike Jones. Yeah, Mike Jones sounds a lot cooler. Um, Chris Carson is the guy I took in the third round. He's another guy, low floor guy. Um, he's going to get eight, 900 yards. Pete Carroll, despite the wide receivers, they tried to pass a ton last year. And, and of course, Russell Wilson told them, get me an offensive line or I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, they picked up a big right guard, uh, Gabe Jackson. Um, so maybe the offensive line's a little better, but Rashad Penny was the first rounder and Chris Carson was the seventh rounder in the same draft. And Carson has outplayed him every day. And then Rashad Penny had a big injury. Travis Homer's a more of a receiving threat. DJ Dallas, another very cool name. 
but um, mm-hmm. he had like one good game last year. But Carson is is the guy, and I the guy they trust. So I agree with you completely. Third or third or beginning of the fourth round, snatch him up. You're not concerned about him like last year when I had him, twelve points. I could pencil it in, guaranteed. Yep. Avoid, avoid those zeros, and you'll win a lot more weeks than lose. For sure. Uh, that concludes the NFC as far as running backs go. I just wanted to throw out our Twitter handles. We've been answering some questions from folks listening. We appreciate that. You guys can tweet us whenever you want um, and break us up from our, our day jobs. It's GregAngel03, A-N-G-E-L, 03. And I am, of course, I hate JJ Reddick on Twitter. Uh, tag us with any questions, draft uh, stuff, dynasty questions. We're, we're happy to help. Uh, we want to help you guys any way we can. We appreciate all the uh, the nice reviews and uh, people letting us know. I've got a lot of messages from our you – know, this is normally a wrestling uh, podcast, Greg, yeah. as you know, but I've got a lot of messages from some of the guys mm-hmm. that listen to the, reg- the regular podcast and say they have enjoyed this, uh, Buddy Allen Day and uh, Sal Russo, but two good guys, and saying we've been doing some good stuff, keep it up, and they listen to it while they mow the lawn and shit like that. So uh, – Anytime I can entertain someone while they mow the lawn, which I hate to do, um, it's, a, it's a good good day. Um, Your wh- son can't get old enough fast enough. Oh my man. god, I cannot wait! I'll give, I'll pay him whatever he wants to to, to, to do that. Um, next week, I I think we'll, be, we'll we'll try to do a couple episodes, some couple quick ones. I would love to do yeah. a mock draft, mainly selfishly because I haven't done many, so uh, it would yeah. help me out. And uh, that would be fun to see where it is now versus where yep. it is when most people are drafting. What's really nice this year, the first week is until September 13th, so you can get through Labor Day. Yeah. And uh, nice. the kids will be back in school, and you can uh, draft then. Push it as if you are drafting now, you are not smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, what- <laughs> push it as late as possible. Yeah, honestly, you want to push it to that weekend before, on after preseason now. It's a little bit easier with only three preseason games, but. Right. I mean, if you can push it to that seventh or eighth of August and um, you yeah. know, do it at Jimmy's Seafood that weekend, that'd be nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- sometimes you can't. Sometimes you know, we do a live draft with ten people. It's hard to get everybody together in one place with schedules and everything. Right. So I get it. But um, I do think we need to do like kind of like take it back to basics and do an episodes of of basically some some draft pointers, um, some some just lineup management pointers that we've picked up over the years of people maybe starting out with fantasy a lot of fun yeah let's yeah. do a draft before the episode and then we'll review what we're doing through it there you go good idea uh so hit us up and we appreciate you guys listening uh this has uh been greg and phil thank you for uh checking us out we'll talk to you next episode see you guys that's it for us guys check out our next episode we're gonna do a mock draft recap and get into some drafting 101 questions until then We'll talk to you soon.